Hi, welcome back to Shop Talk with the Sheriff. I'm Sheriff Gregory Tony here in Broward County. Uh, for those of you who are following, thank you for coming back on and listening into all the different content we produce out here. It's been our focus on this uh, podcast to give the community intel about what's going on in the agency, what's going on in the community. And if you notice, I've always tried to bring on special guests. And today I have another special guest. We're going to talk about one of my favorite units that we have in the agency. Uh, very intense. They do remarkable work. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about my experiences. And it's our canine unit. We're going to be highlighting our canine. And today my special guest I have on here is the sergeant that leads up the unit, Sergeant uh, Emmanuel Kusofios who's been with the agency now for roughly 17 years. He started in DOD, served there for about a year, then made the crossover to law enforcement, uh, went into K-9 back in 2008, and has been a rock star for the organization leading up the finest K-9 unit that we have here in the state. And so, hey, Sarge, look, I'm excited. I'm not going to take too much up uh, time with your intro. You have an excellent background, done a lot of great things for the organization, but, man, let's, let's dive into it. Give the community a little touch and feel about why you joined law enforcement and then what made you make the transition in, into K-9. Good morning, Sheriff. Thank you. I appreciate being here. Um, I joined law enforcement just like everything else. I uh, wanted to protect and serve my community. I uh, started with the Department of the Detention, developed my interpersonal skills there, wanted to do the crossover into uh, Department of Law Enforcement. Had an amazing time. I served as a field training officer during that time. And then I had my eyes open up to the, uh, the field of canine with uh, one of the handlers that were assigned to the district of, uh, of Lord of Lakes. Uh, it was an amazing eye opener, just an amazing tool that, uh, that's at the disposal of the sheriff's office. So I wanted in. So that's what I uh, chose my career path to do. Uh, I was blessed and lucky to join the unit in 2008 and uh, stayed in the unit ever since. Got promoted in 2018 um had a great uh time um being promoted working for uh, city of oakland park in daniel beach and then a blessing came again and uh i was blessed again to come back serving as the supervisor of the unit and uh it was just a dream come true for me now look that's solid so you you said you wanted to get in you got in now you're leading up the unit so for the most part you know the community they see canine you're driving by they you see the dogs in the back of the suvs uh, they may see you are, you know, out on the track or anything like that where you're deployed. But let's take it step by step. Let's take it for the person who really wants to learn more about K-9, don't know much about it. Uh, so I'll pivot with this. <clears throat> K-9 personnel, talk about how many people are under your command. What are your K-9 teams comprised of? Um, and just the whole structure for, you know, sergeant down to certified leading uh, trainers, et cetera. Okay, so under... For uh, regional supports, I serve as a uh, supervisor for a, a patrol canine as well as the bloodhound unit. So for the patrol canine unit, we have 18 handlers, including myself. I still work a dog. I've, been, I have, I've had the same dog. His name is Loki. He's absolutely amazing. Um, and we serve together as a canine team. I also have one lead trainer. His name is uh, Deputy Lazaro Rodriguez. He's a state certified evaluator as well, which is a, a huge honor. Um, they don't give those out too many. And uh, then I have other trainers as well, Timothy Roberts. He's a handler that's assigned to our Viper team. And then I have two prospect trainers as well, 18 handlers, patrol handlers in total. And uh, they're assigned uh, different areas of the district. So we can have countywide coverage 24 7, 365 of the, uh, days of the year. You know, so you, you talked about how you're still working a dog, you, you're still out there deploying. 
Um, before I get into all your high-speed operations and stuff you've been running, as a sergeant, what are some of your responsibilities now? Because it can't just always be, you know, going out and deploying on operations and tracking down suspects. You're responsible for a lot of people now. So what are some of your, like, administrative things you're responsible for? Part of the administration, I oversee, uh, over, I review every case that we have. Um, one of the biggest things that um, 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 I think it's the best thing that came to the unit and within agency and law, law enforcement in general was the body-worn cameras. We have the ability with those cameras to review every deployment, every apprehension, every fine, and utilize that tool as a training method to dissect what we did right, what we did wrong, and have total transparency on the whole entire case that we're working at that particular time and, and perfect our skills. Um, I, over, I also respond to every use of force uh, that our patrol canine handlers might get involved in. Um, I do an administrative review. What that entails is I take witness statements, I take deputy statements, um, I take pictures of the scene, I break it down in its entirety. I view body-worn cameras, I review aviation videos, making sure that everything was done correctly. I speak to our, our, our suspect as well. And Sheriff, I would have to tell you 99% of the time they're apologizing afterwards. They're, uh, you know, they understand what, what happened. And um, listen, you know, it's, it's one of those things that uh, happens at times, but uh, with everything and all the uh, safety measures we have in place and all the check boxes that we have, the, the outcome of a use of force for a canine apprehension for the sheriff's office is very, very minimal. Well, that's great. You know, one of the things that you talked about early on, as far as your responsibilities, is the importance of body-worn camera and how you're using it as a tool. Uh, is that kind of the practice now for, you know, most canine units that you've experienced across the state and outside the state? Or, you know, is canine part of that body-worn camera system for a lot of agencies? So I was blessed uh, the sheriff's office granted me uh, permission to uh, attend an out-of-state conference. And during that time, it was a police canine conference, and I got to um, uh, meet several different uh, supervisors from different states with the canine unit. And I was a huge advocate for the body-worn cameras because it gives you everything, absolutely everything. Not only that, it, it completely minimizes the liability to the agency. Um, from me coming back as the supervisor in 2018 for the canine unit, we've had zero, zero notice of suits a body-worn camera tells you everything because we could have complaints, um, we could have accusations, but the camera tells all, and right. and it it it, it completely uh, goes away. The complaints have stopped, and it, it gives the public exactly what happened. Yeah, look, those cameras are, are independent witnesses with no biases. They just speak the facts based on what occurred in front of it. Uh, so I'm glad we have them here, and we'll make sure we stay stick with it. From an operational standpoint, you kind of led into it, but I just want to talk a little bit. Um, from a, Let's talk numbers. You know, on an annual basis, what, what can we expect, uh, you know, your troops, your personnel the, under K-9 to deploy? And, you know, how many operations, what's that breakdown, what does it look like? Well, our primary function as the patrol K-9 is location. Our primary function is a locating tool. Secondary functions are utilized a force if necessary, and that force it's only deployed by the resistance level of the subject that we're looking for. So in 2019, just to give you some numbers, in 2019, uh, the unit had 195 apprehensions, okay? That includes the uh, 
the contact, subject contact as well. So 175 no contact to 20 contact. And that gives us a 10.3%. Just to clarify something about uh, the national standard um, that is given per case law is 30% for a agency, 20% for a individual handler. Okay. As a whole, our unit in 2019 ran 10.3% as a whole. So that's almost 20% below the national standards state by case law. In 2020, we did 259 apprehensions with only 21 contacts. That's 7.5%. And then year to date, we have 85 apprehensions to two contacts, which is 2.3%. The best tool, Sheriff, in my opinion, my humble opinion, uh, for the Sheriff's Office as a de-escalating tool is the dog, because that dog is, is a force that when is met, as you can see the numbers, they, you know, people comply and they don't want to. Yeah, you can't, you can't dispute the numbers. I, I, I think, you know, part of what we see often in an open air kind of society is a per perception that, okay, if canines out there, they're biting somebody. And that's the numbers just prove like that's not always the case. It's very rare uh, when you have to deploy, if your dog has to, you know, secure, track down somebody, engage them if they're not compliant and you have to deploy. Uh, you know, I've been on a multitude of tracks in my law enforcement career. You know, as a SWAT operator, anytime that there was some type of track for a fugitive um, or anything that was occurring, you know, it's part of my responsibility to get out there and provide security for guys like you. And I can recall looking at these operations and how these dogs respond, the amount of training, the type of discipline. Uh, it is remarkable to see these, uh, these teams, not just the dogs, but the handlers, to be able to put themselves in some very, very harm's way scenarios, oftentimes in some dark alleys, dark roadways, you're focused on the dog, uh, but yet the, 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 the level of expertise behind it results in the numbers that you start talking about. Absolutely, Sheriff. Just to let you know, it all starts with the selection process. Um, we go through a, an important selection process. Uh, we have deputies that who, just like myself, want, uh, wanted to venture into the field of canine. They come out, we have open, tra open trainings um, on certain days of the month to, get, to expose new deputies who want to be involved in canine. So the selection process starts from, that's the most important thing. So we make sure we get the right deputy for the job and also the right dog as well. So the selection process for the dog as well. And then with the training that you were uh, describing, they go into a 480 hour at minimum 480 hour canine school that we, the sheriff's office put on. We have outside agencies joining our school. Um, we have a whole curriculum and we go by based on uh, FDLE, Florida Department of Law Enforcement Standards, as well as PERT, which is the Police Executive Research Forum. And we not only meet, but we exceed those standards. After that, um, we have a canine FTO program. So once the deputy the canine handler has certified and is signed off that they meet the qualification as being a, a dog team, they will go into an FTO program for approximately one month. After that, they'll be reevaluated by myself and the lead trainer to be signed off, if you will, to go ahead and deploy. Sorry, talk a little, I'm sorry to interrupt you just uh, a little bit because the acronyms, right? We're in a law enforcement pillar mirror. What's FTO and, you know, explain I'm that to, to that to that person who's listening, like, what did he say, FTO? Uh, <laughs> just break it down a little bit for him. Absolutely. Our FTO program is the Field Training Officer Program, FTD. Um, that handler will be assigned to our lead trainer. 
for one of our, our upcoming trainers and they will be attached to him. And they'll go through that program for at least approximately one month, then be reevaluated re by myself and the lead trainer. And then for no less than one year, that handler, that new handler will be shadowed by a senior handler to make sure that everything is done correctly. Every single checkbox check that we have to deploy is checked. And that ensures um, a positive and successful mission when deployed. Now that's excellent. You know, one of the things uh, <clears throat> we're talking about the vetting process for a new canine handler. Uh, what does that recruitment process look like? What are the minimum credentials? How many years on, et cetera? What are you looking for, right? This is your shop. These guys are coming. You've been doing this for a while. You got the expertise. You've traveled across the country. When you get a young deputy that says, man, I want to be, he, he's, he's like you. What are you looking for? I'm looking for someone that is a go-getter, okay? Someone that has honed their skills as a low patrol deputy in all fields, okay? From interpersonal, okay? to tactics, okay, all uh, well-rounded individual. The minimal requirement is two years at uh, su successful completion of the probation period, and then two years on the road with outstanding evaluations from their supervisor. Once that is done, they do the transfer opportunity, and then we have a physical um, test that consists of a mile or it, it's Sheriff, you know exactly what it is. It's actually the, our SWAT okay. test. So it's, okay. it's everything that incorporates that, uh, the swim mile and a half run and then we have our old course that the obstacle course squad obstacle course that they have to complete including um we'll have two uh apprehensions with the dog so the handler the prospect handler will uh wear protective gear and then they'll take uh, a couple running hits from the dog and then from one of his um already certified dogs and then we'll do a little nature run so believe it or not sheriff we have uh, a lot of deployments in Broward County that are uh, not developed. So we go into the woods quite often and uh, you'll be surprised when somebody enters the woods and see some large spiders, how quickly they run out. So yeah. we, <laughs> we go ahead and do that as well. <laughs> well, you're gonna run into some spiders out here and some uh, a lot more aggressive and nasty things when you're, you're deploying a canine. Uh, you know, like I said, I've had my share of going on some of these tracks with you guys. But, you know, here's, here's something that's interesting. You, know, you talked about the credentials and what you're looking for with the handler. Talk about your dogs. What is it that when you're vetting out a new dog coming in and how, what that process looked like for their individual training and is also the temperament and character of an individual dog? That's, that's awesome. That's a great question, Sheriff. Our dogs are amazing dogs. So we, one of our vendors is called Shallow Creek. We get our dogs from Pennsylvania. These dogs and that vendor and us we, uh, and the sheriff's office have uh, developed a relationship and they know exactly what we want. We want a dog, all right, a uh, 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 sheriff's dog that knows exactly what he needs to do, well-trained, well-behaved, um, has a large prey drive and, um, and a work ethic. So the dog, believe it or not, once they're trained, once they go through this 480 uh, hour course, Academy, Canine Academy, that bond that's developed with the handler and the dog is just absolutely amazing. The dog will know when it's time to work. So I'll give you a perfect example with Loki, okay? Loki knows when it's time to work, okay? He comes into the car, he sees me put on my uniform and he just runs in circles because he knows that it's time to go to work. Once he goes into the car, 
he's great, still bad and ready to play. But as soon as I don that harness, as soon as I put that tracking harness on him, it's all business. He's ready to work. And we go through our check boxes to make sure that we have everything and then we deploy. And Loki is ready, focused, and ready to deploy. Once he's back in the car, the harness goes off. I bring, bring him back to my house. It's like a light switch. I have children. Dog goes with the, with the kids. He's ready. And he's just a, a social dog. Not only that, it's because we have so many deployments with our Viper unit, our fugitive unit, as well as our SWAT unit, our dogs need to be social enough in that type of environment in close quarters. So our dogs are their demeanor and behavior is such so that way we can put them in any type of environment and the dog is going to be successful. We go as far as repelling with our dogs. We go as far as skid deployments from our new aviation, our helicopter platforms that we have, and as well as boat deployments. So we, we as well as uh, air boat deployments too, we do large uh, scale searches here in uh, regional support. So we expose the dogs to absolutely everything to make sure that they're successful when they're deployed, the dogs as well as the handler. You, you made a very good point about <clears throat> how much uh, training goes in with the dogs in terms of their professionalism, their capability, their skill sets to be really good. But at the same time, they live with you guys. Mm -hmm. they're in your they're part of your families so yes, you know it just shows you the the how quick that hat switches for these animals whereas they have to be professional in the sense of being able to deploy their and do their job but you still want to be able to bring them around your kid they're not yes. like a reckless you know uh, tool or weapon out there that can identify when it's time to be the professional and then when mm -hmm. it's time to be at home with dad and and have fun with the kids absolutely so I, again one of the Probably the better, uh, the best part of my job is that it, I know in the sheriff's office uh, does this and allows for this, that we do the Make-A-Wish Foundation and we do things like that for children and uh, give them a, a nice look at what we do as law enforcement. Well, one of the things is I love bringing Loki around those kids and they absolutely love Loki and he, especially his name, you know, the whole Avengers. Oh, we, yeah. have, we have Loki. We also have Thor on the unit. So we have to have one, you know, both brothers. Um, and that's probably the best part of it is the demonstrations. I do uh, the units, the handlers, as, my, as well as myself. We do a lot of demonstration at schools. We do career day. We do everything. Now, I will tell you, the kids probably don't listen to us because they're so fixated on the dog because it's all about the dog. And they're just excited to see the dog. But it is, it's a joy to see their faces. Um, a couple of the other parents who are attending those career days, they, they love seeing us, but at the same time, they know that we steal the show. So it's, it's a yeah. lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard to top you guys when you come in there. Uh, it's all you know, the one thing I would uh, kind of pivot to is looking at the future. You, you know, technology's changed the game in terms of how we do our police practices and, and the things we um, are responsible for in terms of public safety. Canine has been around for a long time, but what are you seeing with uh, maybe, is there gonna be a pivot for your unit in terms of technology? Is there anything you're looking to introduce or something that another city or county is doing that we just haven't got to yet here? Well, sir, we have, no. Actually, we, we're so ahead of the game. Um, Palm Beach, um, other municipalities and other agencies will come to us and we do training and we tell them what we're doing and they follow suit. Um, during our canine academy in school, other municipalities and agencies will send their new handlers to us so that way they can be trained. 
Um, so we're, we're leading the way in that aspect of it. But as, as far as technology um, and the way the world is going, so with the canine and the canine unit, this, is, this, this tool has been tested years mm -hmm. after years. And it's the only tool in, the share, in your arsenal, or the only tool in your arsenal that can be recalled. So if we utilize that tool as a useful force, and if we need to because of the force that we're being met with, okay, either is a hiding, fleeing subject, unsearched, possibly armed, that pose a significant threat to the public or any law enforcement officer that's working that scene, we could utilize that dog as a secondary function as a useful force. However, however, in mid-flight, if that subject complies, we can take that use of force back. There's no other tool that you have that, can, that has that capability. So because of that, and I think that alone, there's nothing as of to date can replace the dog. But not only that, the locating capabilities of these dogs, I always give a, when I do demonstrations, I, I always use this example as, sir, you walk in and, and you're, you're, your family's making some, let's say pasta, and you walk in and you smell the sauce, you make, you smell the spaghetti and you're like, I'm going to eat good tonight, right? Well, right. the dog smells the basil, the salt, the pepper, the tomatoes, probably the fertilizer used to grow the tomatoes, okay, wow. in, that, in that pasta sauce. Yeah. Their olfactory cells in their nose are 50,000 times greater than ours. That's why every good canine team will lead you into that possible danger because the dog knows where that suspect is before we do. But then that's why we go ahead and make sure that we try to do our due diligence to be as safe as possible. For canine deployments, we utilize operators uh, for certain instance, as well as our QRF team to make sure that we are safe. So we focus on the dog and everybody around us focuses on us to make sure that we, we have a successful mission and a safe mission. Well, listen, it's been a delight having you on. For, for those of you who just popped on or midsection, because we were rocking and rolling for like 15 minutes and I didn't get a chance to pause uh, and remind the viewers or listeners, excuse me, that who we had on today is one of our finest uh, canine handlers and sergeant over the canine unit, Sergeant Emmanuel, AKA Manny Kusupios. Um, and he has been around for quite some time. He came on a day. We talked about some of the highlight reels about what his unit's getting done and the huge uh, and tremendous benefit it provides to all of our uh, public safety personnel, especially our law enforcement folks out in the field. So look, I, I'm super excited that you came in here. Uh, we had a chance to ch chop it up a little bit, go over some of the details. And then tomorrow, uh, right around the corner, you, you know, we're going to have uh, you know, the media day aspect uh, that's coming up pretty soon, excuse me, and be able to get that out and show and talk to the press a little bit about all the things you guys done over the last years. Um, and I'm excited. So, and from a personal standpoint, <clears throat> to all my canine handlers out there, uh, thank you. Thank you for all the times that I've run with you, uh, chased down suspects, and you guys brought me home and avoided and, and helped me avoid putting myself in unnecessary harm's way by being a lead. I mean, literally leading up and tracking some of down the worst that we've dealt with in this community. So Manny, look, you keep taking care of the guys, man. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, you know you have my full support. We love the canine. We love what you guys are doing. Just keep, keep everybody safe and bring the guys home. Thank you, Sheriff. God bless. Be safe. For everybody else, look, thank you for joining me on Shop Talk with the Sheriff. Remember to follow me on Instagram at VSO Sheriff Tony. It's not a stunt double, it's me. Also, subscribe to the podcast so you get early alerts for every new episode. In the meantime, stay safe, be humble, and low smile a little bit more than you love yourself. Take care.